All right, all right. Welcome to the Strong Side Podcast. My name is Mitchell Black, and I'm your host. And today we have an amazing story with one of our amazing Strong Side members. I'm really pumped up for this. And before we dive into this, hey, we're trying to get a lot of great guests on this show. I'm really excited that we're over 50 episodes in, and we've only had Strong Side members on the podcast. That's really special. And a lot of it is hearing what you want to hear. So if you like this, give us some feedback, screenshot it, put it on Instagram, share it with a friend, give us a five star, or just come to us and say, hey, I would like to hear more about blank. That would really help us. Today, I think you're going to be really inspired. I know I'm really inspired. This is a great story. We're going to be talking with strong side member and athlete Anthony Morrison. He's going to be sharing a great story, how he got to fitness, kind of where he comes from. And I just hope that you are fired up. So Anthony, what's going on? Hello. You ready to rock and roll? Sure. Cool, dude. You got a, man, you got a cool story. But uh, before we even get into this story, you just ran a half marathon. I did, yes, about two and a half weeks ago. And how many half marathons have you run? This is, um, it was my second one in four months. I've done one on Thanksgiving Day, and then I've done the Publix half marathon two weeks ago. Oh, I didn't know Thanksgiving Day was your first. It was, yes. And how'd that feel? It hurt. Okay. What what hurt the most? Like the distance or your knees or? It was my foot. I have, you have, um, I have metal in my left foot. And so I have neuropathy in my left leg. And so my left leg doesn't sweat. And so, um, and so I get this bruise on the bottom of my foot with the way my foot lands. And, um, and so, yeah, I know it's really bothered me that day. And then you just decided four months later to run another one. Yes. Got it. Cool, dude. You're an animal. What, uh, and then you said, you were telling me a little bit ago, you just like, you just bought a food scale and you seem pretty into nutrition and stuff too. Do you have like any crazy pre post race nutrition? No, no. I, I bought the food scale because, um, my knees are still recovering from, you know, I just turned 40 and I, and I do have some medical issues. And so I, I bought the food scale because, um, I know that, you know, eating is vital to, you know, being fit. And I want to do myself a favor and not put so much stress and weight on my joints by losing a couple pounds. And so that's, um, so I, I bought me a food scale that way I could, Way I, I I do my best to eat the right foods, but I I have like I'm a big eater and I like big portions and I know I can't I need to change that so I'm working on it. I feel you, man. I'm the same way. Uh, you know, like when we talk about like your story and kind of like what you got into and stuff. I mean, we were talking. You you talk about big portions. I was just thinking. You said what was it like growing up? You said you grew up. I mean, now like if anybody who doesn't know you sees you, dude, I see you every day. You're at the gym early you're you're running you're stretching you're warming up class is never for over for you when the class is over there's followed by more fitness after you crushed a class i mean i just i met you and see you as like this health mecca and but you said you were like an overweight kid i did struggle with with weight issues as a kid i i grew up in a in a single parent home um my father wasn't around and um, my mom, you know, she was always working. And and so a lot of my afternoons were filled with um, cartoons and junk food. What was your favorite junk food? Um, for, you know, for, for a long time there, for some reason, I'd always come home and I'd just like squirt a whole bunch of ketchup on a paper plate and then lick it off. I don't know if we count that as junk food. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's, well, that's like, it's got a lot of sugar in it, right? Yeah, I, I guess I, that I, is true. So, yes. You didn't mix it with anything, just ketchup. Just ketchup. Yeah. You ever had ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together? I, I, I have tried that. I have tried that. I can't never get the combination right. It's either too much mayonnaise or too much ketchup. I dated a girl one time that all she wanted to eat was ketchup and mayonnaise sandwiches. And I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work out. What kind, of bread, <laughs> what kind of bread does she use? 
I don't know. I didn't even oh. stick around to ask. I was like, I'm out, man. Oh. But uh, so at what age, What like like walk me through it. Like what age did you start realizing, hey, there's something I got to do? Or So um, so for a while, I, my mother moved me around a lot as a kid because she was always changing jobs. She would always pick me up and, and move me to a different school in the middle of the school year. And so I um, and so I was always having to learn how to make new friends. And after, you know, but it hurts when, you know, when your mom picks you up and moves you to a different school, to a different town in the middle of the school year, you know. And um, and then so, and to have that happen, every year my elementary school year, I was at a different school. And so, um, and, and for a while I didn't, you know, I didn't, and I learned at a very young age how kids could be cruel. You know, I got pretty bad. I got pretty um, overweight at one time. And, you know, my name's Anthony, but for some reason people think you, they can call you Tony, you know? And so, um, and so, you know, the kids used to always say, Tony, Tony, two by four, couldn't fit through the bathroom door. You know, that's, mm. they, they was, they would mock me with that right there. And, um, and so I learned at a very young age, how cruel kids could be, you know? And so, um, but I, but at the same time, I really didn't do nothing about it. I, I start, I think I, I didn't do nothing about it in the sense of, of, of exercise. I done it. I, I started acting out, you know, like, um, you know, character ways, bad character issues, you know, um, just, just like, you know, I'm um, stealing candy from the store and, you know, just being a, just, so I started being a bad kid, you know? And, um, and, and, and then, and then I got introduced to, um, you know, I started getting introduced to, to drugs, you know, at that, at, at that point in time, you know, I um, started smoking weed when I was 12 years old, you know, and, um, and, you know, and just started, just start really started acting out as a kid, you know, um, the first time I was, um, you know, I was introduced to, you know, incarceration, I was 12 years old. Um, I was like, I, I was really acting out really pretty bad, you know? Um, and so, you know, I, but I, because I just wanted to be accepted and I, and I always just felt rejected and hurt, you know? Um, I can remember being 12 years old trying to stare out the window of, of the little cell they got you in the YDC, you know, and a kid would come behind me and choke me out, you know? And, um, wow. and I, and, you know, and, um, and, and, and then, after that, my first, my, I went to a program. It was an outdoor program when I was 13 years old. You know, for, you know, it's like a juvenile, you know, kids acting out type deal. You're they try to like nurture you a little bit or? Well, they, it, was, it was pretty, it was a pretty good experience. They put you out in the middle of the woods. It's kind of like they had a cabin and they had, you know, like a kitchen cabin and, you know, and you had to hike every morning a mile to get to like the base camp where you had your hot meal and you go to school at, you know, and then at the end of the day you would hike a mile back out into the woods and, and, um, and, you know, and sleep and cook your food and everything. And, and you know, and we done a lot, and that's really when the the first time I was introduced to um to running because there was a guy there who helped you know who I guess he worked there, but he, and he would um he would take us he like made it we like made like a nature trail throughout the woods and would start running it, and he signed us up for like road races and and then I learned that um you know so that's when I was really introduced to running and exercise was about thirteen years old you know and 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 then when I left that program I lost like a tremendous amount of weight while I was there you know and. And it was then when I, when I got out of that program, I, 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 the reaction I got from people was different. You know, I'm not overweight and I'm slim, you know, Oh, you're handsome. And, you know, and so then as, and so then I'm making the connection of, you know, I, now it seems like I'm being accepted for looks and, you know, and, 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 and when I was overweight before, you know, and so, um, so that's when I was introduced to that, but I quickly went back to, to eating and, and doing drugs and um, and I found myself, you know, in and out of programs for for a while, you know. And um, I, at one point in time, when I was in my second program, I was like 16 years old. I um, I got obese. I actually got up to like 280 pounds, and I was like 16 years old, 17 years old. What were you when you were 13? I was probably like in the 230s. 
Okay. You know, I, I would I would have to say, you know, I was a chunky. What do you What do you now? I um I haven't I haven't weighed myself. There, well, there's no way you're two thirty. No, there's no way I'm two thirty. I, any I think between like two hundred and two oh five something yeah. like that. Okay. So yes, I'm just getting a, a scope on the weight you're talking about here. But okay, so sixteen, you're two sixty or whatever. Right. Yes. And so um and so I I I got out I, I got out of the of the program when I was obese and um you know and I and I and it, it really didn't do me no good the program didn't you know I um I started selling weed pretty quickly you know out my mama's house you know um and you know that so in, in my story there's a lot of um incarceration you know and I, I so I guess I need to touch on the you know the first time that the first time that I've been to prison five times the first time I went to prison I was 12 years old my mom worked at a prison and she and I was getting into trouble as a juvenile and she thought it was a good idea to take me to the prison where she worked and go talk to some inmates and um and I don't remember nothing they said I don't remember nothing they said you know because you weren't paying it, like you didn't care or what yeah I mean I didn't I I, I guess I didn't care i'm you know i i guess i really didn't you know realize the you know the the path that my life was taken you know of course i do remember people being like you better tighten up it's gonna be a long road for you you know a, a tough life and and everything like that you know and so um but yeah so the, my first time going to prison i was 12 i was 12 years old my mom walked me through the gates and so um and so, yeah, so I got out the program, and I thought it'd be a good idea. To, you know, I'd stay off the drugs, but I'd just try to sell some weed. And I was selling weed out my mama's house, and, and it didn't last long at all. Like, you know, the neighbors were telling my mom while, while, you know, while she was gone at work, I was, you know, there was a bunch of cars in her driveway. And so um, and so my mom, she, you know, like I said, I was a bad kid. I had bad character issues, and my mom was on that tough love kick. You know, she, you know, she, I guess I was just stressing her out. She didn't know what to do with me. So, you know, she, um, she used, like, you know, probation officers and, the juvenile justice system, like as a, you know, as a babysitter, my dad was never there, you know? And so, um, and so, you know, I guess she called my probation officer, you know, told my probation officer I wasn't going to school. And then I went to go see my probation officer and they sent me to juvenile for not going to school. And then what's, what's, What's juvenile? Is it like a separate school? Or? No, no, juvenile like RYDC. Like it's just like a, a, a regional youth detention center where they send bad kids. Like a, it's like a kid jail. Do, do you sleep there? Oh, yeah, you sleep oh, there. Oh, it's like a, a real thing. Yeah, you're in a cell. You're, you sleep there. And it's just, like, it. it's just like grown folks jail. So there's no school bus? There is no school Got bus. Got it. No, okay. no, there's, there, I mean, there, you know, you know, they call it bluebird. There's a bluebird bus, you know, just like where yeah. they transfer, um, you know, inmates in and whatnot. But anyways. So, yeah, so, you know, and, um, and so you, my mom, she, you know, now my, the first time I went to prison, my mom walked me through the gates, and now my first two felonies as an adult. My mom went home after the juvenile probation officer locked me up, and she found the weed and everything, and, and um, but, you know, but I had some LSD in there, too. And she, but, she, you know, she didn't know what LSD looked like or what it was, and so she called the police to have it removed, and, and I went to court the next day, and next thing you know, I'm being charged my, with my first two felonies as an adult for um for possession for trying to sell some weed and LSD. And you know, in my mind, I'm not thinking, oh, it's because of my actions. I'm thinking, oh, it's because my mama told on me, mm. you know. And so um, you know, and and you know, and, and so I ended up, you know, having some anger and resentment towards my mother, you know, and I. I got sentenced to a boot camp to, you know, for the, for, for that. Cause since I was so young, I got like a lot of probation and like boot camp. And before I went to the boot camp, I, I, I got a, I got a, I got a girl pregnant and, and so I went to the boot camp and I got out of the boot camp and I found out the girl who was pregnant cheated on me while she was pregnant while I was at this boot camp. And so, you know, um, 
And so, yeah, and so things, um, you know, I, I've learned at a very young age about how, you know, I, I just wanted to be accepted. You know, kids were picking on me. My mom's, I'm feeling betrayed and rejected by my mom. And then this girl who I thought I loved and who was pregnant with my kid and cheated on me, you know, and it's, I was really like, it, it really formed, started forming my mind, not for the good, you know, um, and then, and then I was introduced to, I was, in, you know, so I started, I started, um, I started experimenting with LSD and ecstasy when I was 15. When I was 16, I, you know, I had some neighbors who would ride out to the bluff in Atlanta every day, and I found myself shooting go heroin and cocaine and smoking crack. What's the 16. bluff? It's like Atlanta where you can go and you can buy like heroin and and stuff like that. Is is that like a like a like a slang term? Oh no, it's like the the bluff is like the name, but they they've given this neighborhood, this section of Atlanta, you know. Like, gotcha. Like. You know, except that it's not like named by like city officials. It's yeah, just, that's what I mean. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just the bluff. Got it. Right. Like if you go to the bluff, you know, you know. Yeah. You know. Okay. So um, and so I found myself, you know, hanging out with a neighbor who just seemed to have to go out there all the time to the bluff. I'm 16 at this time. Yeah. And so um, and so but at 18, I I got introduced to methamphetamine, and um and methamphetamine, you know, it's like you know. It's like a weight loss drug wonder, you know. It's it's really just kind of like you can you can do some meth and stay up three days, lose ten pounds, and you know you think you look great. You if know? there wasn't any side effects, that sounds great. <laughs> you know, it, the only problem is is that once you're up for about five days for about three months straight, it kind of starts to affect your decision making. Um, you know, and so and so I um, and so yeah, and so I I I started I started the mother of my child, you know, she um, she, you know we kind of went our separate ways and, and it was a painful experience for me. And so I used, you know, time heals pain and time flies while you're using meth. So I started using a lot of meth and, um, and, you know, and I had a couple of opportunities at a young age to, um, to try to, you know, make, I guess you say make a life of myself, you know, right after nine 11, I tried joining the Marines and, um, I failed the first question they asked me, they asked me if I graduated high school, I was like, no, I have a GED and I wasn't good enough. And they like, you can go to the army or to the Navy. And I was like, nope, I wanted to go to the Marines, you know? And so, um, that was, that was, that was, that was it for that. And, um, I had a job with a cousin on a tugboat down in Florida, you know, trying to work on the water and, and, um, and it didn't last long. You know, people say you shouldn't work with family if they're the boss, you know, and I guess I could see why, you know, cause they think they could probably just talk to you any type of way, or maybe that's how he really was. I don't know, but it didn't last long. And, um, and after, and after that, I, I, I came home and I had a, a nice, you know, not a nice sum of money, but I had some money. And so, you know, I started, you know, using meth and I, you know, and I, and I, and then I met somebody, you know, I, I met this, this chick and, you know, this chick is the one that, um, you know, your mom tells you, you need to stay away from, you know? Mm. And, um, and so, you know, I, by this time, my phys, you know, physical, my fitness, my fitness life is pretty much like non-existent at this point. You know, it's really just about, um, drugs and, ch and chasing sexual mm -hmm. desires, you know? And so, um, and so I, I, I got hooked up with this chick and, you know, and this chick, you know, she rocked my world, right? And so I, I would, you know, I would do anything to, you know, get the satisfaction that I could from this woman. So I, you know, I, my first time going to prison or my second time going to prison was because of, um, because I, you know, I was, I would steal to, to, to try to support my habit so I could, you know, have fun with this woman. And I ended up going to prison for the first time. And, um, and I was there for about, I'd done about, 18 months, two years, something like that, you know, and I got out. And when I got out, I, um, it was in one stint, like a year yeah. and a half. 
Right. Yeah. Year and a half. Year and a half at one time. And um, and I, you know, and I really, you know, wasn't into, you know, I try to do like push ups and stuff, you know, and 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 while I'm locked up, you know, but at the same time, it's kind of, but I was I was still a big eater, you know, and so. And I got out that time and, you know, and I went back to the same thing. I went back to, um, you know, chasing this woman and, you know, and, you know, and, and whatever it is that comes with it, you know, and I wasn't out long. Um, I was only out for like two months and, and I found myself, you know, violating probation and, you know, and then, um, so I, I went to like a detention center for like 10 months. Right. And so I, I, I got out the detention center. And then I wasn't even out two more months. I went back chasing the same things, you know, doing meth and chasing, you know, you know, sexual things. And, you know, at this point in time, there's, there's still no fit, no, no fitness life, you know, fitness aspect to my life right now. And so, you know, um, I found myself, you know, after two months after doing the 10 months, I found myself on my way back to prison. I, um, you know, I, I, I made a very bad decision, you know, and, and, and I ended up, and it cost me two and a half years of my life. And so, um, so when I was at the end of that bid, you know, I, I, I proceeded to, um, you know, do continue to do meth. I smoked weed and everything, you know, there's drugs in prison. And so I continued to smoke weed and everything while I was in prison. And then when I got out, you know, I, um, I tracked down the same chick, you know, this, you know, the same woman and continued to do the same things, you know, um, and, you know, and it was just, I was just, I was in a very vicious cycle. So I got done doing this two and a half years that from the second you know, on my third time going to prison. And, um, I was out for about a year and I, that whole year I was out. It was really just like, just half of it was on the run on parole. I ended up cutting off anchor monitor, just, just not living good at all. Um, and I found myself, um, I found myself filled with a lot of anger and, um, bitterness and resentment, you know, and towards, um, towards everybody, towards the world, you know, um, because, you know, because everybody, I, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a loyal person, but yeah, I couldn't find no boy, nobody that would be loyal to me. And, you know, and, and, and so I found my, and, and I let all the anger and rage and bitterness and resentment, um, come out in a very inappropriate way, you know, and, um, and I found myself in a situation where I had, um, I had hurt somebody, you know, and, um, and I, I found myself up for five days. I was, I remember I was at a day's end. And I was about to go to bed. I was on the downside of up, you know, and, um, and the U S marshals had tracked me down, you know, I was on the, you know, I was on the run and, and they found me and I was on the third floor of a hotel and I knew what had happened. And, you know, I just a disclaimer, I'm not going to go into detail about what it is, you know, about my crimes, but there is a Georgia department of corrections website. My name is Anthony Morrison. And my GDC number is one zero four, 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 five, five, just in case you want to go check it out. That way you can see what the charges are. But anyways, so I, I opened up the window to this hotel room. I knew what I had done and I looked down and I seen the concrete and I seen the ground and, um, and I didn't want to go back to jail that day, you know? And so I climbed out the window and I held onto the ledge and I let, I told myself, all you gotta do is land on your feet. And I, and I, and I held onto the ledge and I let go. And I landed dead on my feet, you know, and so um, things kind of snapped, you know, and, and things got kind of black on me. And, um, and then, but then I came to and I was still on my feet and I was like, now you got to run. The only problem was my legs were like noodles and I couldn't move forward, you know, and um, I remember falling back, you know, on the, on, the, on, the, on the pavement. And then I tried to get I tried to get back up and I, I couldn't move. I couldn't go forward. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just knew something wasn't right. And, and I fell back again. And um. And so I was able to crawl over to the side of the hotel and stand myself up on the building. 
And then um, you know, I was able to pull myself up on the building on the side. And then the, the, the U.S. Marshals came around the building with some big old guns. And, um, and then they tased me. They tased me right in the, in the middle of my stomach. And, um, and that was the beginning of a lot of pain. Um, I, I fell screaming down on the side of the hotel. And, um, and I, I felt a throbbing in my lower back, in my left foot, in my left wrist. Um, they called an ambulance, and they cut me butt naked right there on the side of the hotel. And then they took me to a hospital out in Villarica, Georgia. And, and the hospital of Villarica, Georgia told me, there's, like, there's, not, there's nothing we can do for him here. We got to take him, to, um, we gotta take him to, to, to Atlanta Medical. But they ended up taking me to Grady. Shout out to Grady. Love y'all. I ain't never seen a doctor that's fixed me yet, but if you ever hear this, I love you, man. But um, so, yeah, so they took me to Grady. And I was at Grady for a, for a month at first. And they'd done multiple surgeries on me. They, um, they, they, I had, I had an L4 fracture. There's some, there's some pelvic, you know, there's some vertebrae in between your rib cage and your pelvic bone, and, and it was snapped in half. So in essence, you could say I broke my body in half, you know, and, um, wow. and so they, I, and so I, I got like a, a, a 10 inch, 12 inch scar on the side, going down the side of my torso. I think they'd done that surgery where they, cause they had to pick out some vertebrae. I think they'd done that surgery where they might've had to like pull out my guts and go in there and pick it out. And so, um, so they cut me on my side and then they, down the middle of my back, I got about a 10 inch scar down the middle of my lower back where they, um, put a metal plate in and put like, um, they, it's, it's, it's a whole little setup, but they done a very good job. And of course they had to do reconstructive surgery on my left foot. And I was at Grady for about a month. And then, um, and then I went to the county jail and when I was at the county jail, I, I signed my little parole waiver, you know, to, to send me back to prison. And so I was at I was at the county jail for a couple a couple weeks, and then they took me to they finally they finally took me to a doctor's appointment. By this time, I caught MRSA on my spine, staph infection, and so the doctor um, he admitted me back into the hospital, and he refused to release me until I could go somewhere to get proper medical treatment. And so I went um, straight since I signed that parole waiver, I went straight from grading. Um, the hospital in Atlanta to um, Georgia Diagnostics and Classification Prison down in Jackson, Georgia for, you know, to prison, you know. And so I went straight from, like, Family Guy and Morphine and Vicodins and family coming and seeing me and bringing me Subway to um, thrown in a cell by myself with no Family Guy, no pain pills, um, you know, nobody coming to see me, you know. And um, and so, yeah, it was a very trying time for me. And, um and, you know, so I, had, I went a little mental health. I had to get put on some mental health medication because a lot of crying because I was in a very bad situation. Broken foot, broken back, broken wrist, you know, um, looking at doing a lot of time. And I, you know, and it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a hard, 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 hard situation. Um, you know, and so, but, you know, but at the same time I'm in prison, right? And it's kind of like, you know, I got this mindset where it's kind of like, I need to get myself back together because I'm weak and I'm going to get picked on just because of that, you know? And so it wasn't, um, it wasn't, it wasn't too much longer. I was, you know, I was, I was able to like stand behind a wheelchair and start doing like walking lunges, you know, while I was like behind the wheelchair, you know, um, this is you starting to get into fitness. Yeah. Well, this, yeah, well, this is me like doing my own, um, doing my own physical therapy in prison, you know? And, but yes, you could say this, this, this was, this would be the, uh, one of the starts of um, me getting into fitness. 
And, um, you know, and so at this prison, like, they, they, you know, I was in a cell a lot. And so I would start doing, like, I had to, you know, I had to start doing, like, push-ups on my knees, on my knuckles, because I couldn't bend my wrist all the way. And, and I experienced all types of pain. You know, you got that, you got that, 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 that nerve pain where it just, you know, just feels like somebody's stabbing you, yeah. you know. And then, um, and then you got that, that burning pain where it's just like someone's, I feel like someone's holding a torch to your back. And then you just got that slow aching pain, you know, and, um, and, and when I would just lay around all day, it would really like, it would really take me through it. I was really going through it. And then whenever it was time to like go eat or something, I was kind of like, and I'd have to walk, you know, because I had that surgery on my foot. Every step I took, it felt like my foot was just about to break. You know? Are you making in, in this prison time, are you making friends? I mean, uh, not really. I mean, I'm not making friends. I'm telling you, you know, I am, um, I am, well, by this time I'm, I'm in a diagnostic, so they keep you locked down all the time. The only time I'm really talking to anybody is if I need something, you know, if I need something to eat or trying to get a cigarette or something, a cup of coffee, you know, something of that sort. That's the only time I'm really talking to anybody. And so, um, and yeah, but, at, and so at, as I'm, at, but I learned that the more I walked with, especially with my foot. The more I walked, each step I took, the pain would lessen. You know, the first couple steps would be like excruciating pain. It would hurt. But the more I moved, the less I hurt. You know, and so they had this um, on the yard. They had like this one little strip of grass, I remember. And um, I had my little walking boot on. And so um, I remember I just start hobbling back and forth on the, on, the, on, the, on the grass, just, you know, just, just, just trying to get back in the run. And I remember I had like a whole bunch of stitches down my back. Right, and like shoelace size stitches, and when they they had to cut the stitches out because the stitch they but they left the stitches in there so long the skin started growing back. Mm. I remember asking the doctor, I was like, "Is this gonna hurt?" And he was like, "Don't worry, the pain's only gonna be temporary." <laughs> and yeah, I ended up crying really bad. And, wow. And I asked him as I was leaving, I was like, "How long is it gonna be before I can run again?" I remember asking him that. He's like, "It's gonna be a while," you know. And so um yeah, and so I I got to this I got I got. To um, I, you know, I was at this one prison for eight months, and then they moved me to another prison, and they and then this prison was like where, you know, um, you know, a lot of the, the a lot of these people are never getting out of prison. You know? Why do they move you? Well, it was because where I was at was kind of like a place where you go when you first get into the system, the prison system, where they kind of like they they do all like the medical tests on you, you know, HIV tests, hepatitis tests, you know, and um, they do like IQ tests to see where your education levels at, and they go over your charges, and then they, and then and from then from there they distribute you to whatever prison it is that you know that you need to go to. Got it. Right, and so um, yes, and so I I got to the prison where I needed I, they wanted me to go to, and I remember the the first night I I I got there, the lady she's when I when I got to the to the dorm, the lady was like, "Good, there was some bloodshed in here last night. Good luck with your lives, right?" And so, um, and jeez, so, they am fired up now. Okay, <laughs> right, you know, and so, um, but but you know, uh, didn't nobody mess with me? You know, really, I uh, didn't nobody ever mess with me. You know, um, I you know, I guess I guess I guess it's not looked. It's not respectful for people to mess on somebody who's either old or weak, you know. When I had like the reverse like, thought process, you know, I thought they would mess with me because I was weak, you know. And um, and then I, you know, and then I learned, um, I learned a valuable lesson, you know. I, it's it's really even true. It's like people when people see that you're struggling with something, it doesn't matter if they're people out here successful in society or people who are never getting out of prison, you know. If if they see that you're messed up, but you're trying to do something better for yourself, people, you know, it's like people respect it. I I, I learned that. There seems to be 
like a, I mean, I've never been to prison, but like, a, you know, talking to people and stuff, like there seems to be like these, these like social norms, like you said, like, you know, th- Hey, this is off limits. Right. If you're, if you're older weak, don't mess with that guy. Right. Like, and then there's, you know, obviously there's things, Hey, you can't do that. If you do that, then like, you know, we're going to beat you in your jail cell or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so going forward, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't mess with no, I smoked weed for like, I don't, I ended up doing seven years in prison that time. And, um, and I didn't smoke and all I did was smoke a little bit of weed, like the, for the first six years. But then the, the last year of that prison sentence, I, I, I started using meth in prison and, um, and, and I got out of prison after that seven year, you know, and, 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 um, and, you know, and I, when I left prison after doing seven years, I, was, I actually was worse than I was before I went in because not only had, you know I'm saying, you know, had I made it through that situation, you know, you know, I made it through that, the, the, the breaking of my body and, and I recovered from that and, you know, and, and so, yeah, it, I was not a pleasant person at all. And I was only out for, um, I was only out for nine months. And then I found myself headed right back to prison again. And so you're, I mean, you're 40. I'm starting to add up some time here. Like, right, yes. wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago at all. You should have met me five years ago. What? So. Yeah. So when did you wrap all that up? Because you're a, you totally, if I talk to you now, I'd be like, this is the cleanest, sharpest dude I've ever met in my life. Right. Yeah. So, um, so when I, when I, when I got to prison for the fourth, for the, what would be the fifth time, you know, after doing seven years in prison, I, um, by this time I, I, I didn't have nobody to call on. Things were pretty bad. You know, I'm 30, I was 35 years old on my way back to prison for the fourth time or, you know, and, um, and I was worried about the things of the world. Like, you know, I'm, oh, I'm supposed to have a house by now. I'm supposed to have a car by now. I'm supposed to have a career by now. I'm supposed to have a bank account by now. I'm supposed to have a family by now. You know, the things that we see on TV or things that the world says we're supposed to have, you know, and, um, and it, it, I, I was doing, a, I mean, you know, it's a bad situation right there. That's, that's a crappy feeling, you know, you just got done doing seven years in prison. And now here I am right back. I was like, what is going on? I don't, and I, 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 I just could not stop it. You know, I didn't, I didn't have no guidance or no direction. And you would think that, you know, uh, it's just, it was, it was anyways. So I ended up opening the Bible and I started reading in the Bible and I, you know, and like I said, my mind was worried about the things of the world. And so I, 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 my, I landed on in the book of Ecclesiastes and it starts talking about how, you know, um, all the things I'm pretty much worried about mean nothing, you know, because I could sit here and I can work all day and earn all the money in the world and have all these things. But, at, but at the end of the day, we're all going to die. And all I'm going to do is end up leaving that to somebody. So all that's going to happen, somebody's going to get it who didn't even work for it you know and um and one of my darkest moments that made all the sense in the world to me you know um I was a wicked person for so long and I and I just didn't know what why or what you know and then you go reading like in the book of Proverbs and you know it says wicked things happen to wicked people and you know and 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 things just kind of started clicking for me you know and so um and so I ended up doing two and a half years in prison that time. And every time I'm getting out of prison, I'm moving back to my mom's house. And, um, you know, and it's, uh, my, the relationship with me and my mom was, um, was very, um, you know, it was, it was a very weird love hate relationship. And I, and I'm, and I ended up moving back in with my mom and, you know, but I still, but I was still getting, even though I, I had discovered God, I was still getting high in prison and, you know, and, and I got out of prison that last time and I was, I was still using meth, you know, except, except now it was kind of like, since I had God in my life, I wasn't like, like, and it sounds sick and it is, it's kind of like, I wasn't, I wasn't hurting or taking from other people to support my habit. I got me like a little job and I just started paying for my drugs. 
you know, and um, and <laughs> I kind of get the mentality though. I get you saying, <laughs> you know, so um, and you know, and so for and, for, and then ten months later, after you know, get, you know, using all and everything, I things just started getting real chaotic and crazy, and I knew it was only a matter of time before I started going before I ended up back in prison because that's you know that's that every time I've been to prison for something I've done high on meth. I've never been to prison for something I've done clean and sober. You know, and so I, I, I reached out for help. But by this time, the, the anger and resentment towards my mom was unbearable. You know, it's kind of like the first time I went to prison, she walked me through the gates. My first two felonies as an adult was because she called the cops on me. You know, and, if I didn't, and, and, and so I felt, like I, I felt like she pushed me and guided me in this direction as a kid. You know, and so a lot of anger and resentment towards my mom. I ended up going to this program called the Blake House out in Bremen, Georgia. It's a faith-based program. I, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Do you? Yeah, I grew up out there. Yeah, and so, um, and so I, um, I reached out. For I started going to church and I reached out for help at church and, and my and then my path was led to this place, and you know and so when I got there my mom tried to come see me on a Thanksgiving and you know um and you know and I told her to leave I told her to get out of my face I didn't want to see her you know and 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 then in that moment you know I felt good in, in, in the moment you know and but then one of the people pointed out to me well you're here trying to build a relationship with God what's God say God says to honor thy mother and honor thy father and then we went to like a church service the next day and the in the and the sermon was on 49 51 do 51 percent more for others 49 percent for yourself and I was like what what can I do more for others in the situation I'm in that I can do for myself when I could pray for others more than I can pray for myself so every morning when I started praying, I, I, the first people I would pray for is my mother and my father, you know, and I've never had a conversation with my father. And, and to this day, I, every time I pray I, and my mother, I still pray for my mother and my father. And so um, seven months had passed and my mom, you know, this is a 10 month program, you know, and while I'm there, I, um, you know, I'm running, you know, it's not it's the compound or the program that, you know, the, 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 yeah, it's not, there's not too much area to run, but there's, but there's area to run. And so I'm running and, you know, you're not allowed to do like pull-ups and stuff, but I'm trying to sneak off and do pull-ups, you know, because, you know, in prison, they always had the, um, in prison on the prison yards, they have like that, that workout tree yeah. with the pull-up bar, with the dip bar. And then you have like the, 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 the little things at the end where you can kind of like do the push-ups where you can really get your chest down in there. Do, do people really work out in prison like they do in the movies? Some people do, yes. Like just out there freaking, you know, 30 strict pull-ups. Oh, yeah. You got some monsters in there. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So, you know, and so I'm at this program and it's about, I'm about seven months into it. And, you know, I get a letter from my grandmother saying that my mom's in the hospital, some serious medical conditions. Right. And so I, um, I didn't think nothing about it. And then the next day there's this guy there. He was having a real hard time. He was 49 years old. His name is Phil. Shout out Phil. Phil was a crackhead, you know, and, um, and, but he, and he was this grown man just crying and bawling, you know, and he, and he'd been thinking a lot about you know, at this program. You can't have phones and you can't, you don't watch TV or nothing like that. You're like in a bubble for real you know and so this grown man he was sitting there bawling and crying 49 years old and he was thinking about how his mom had died on him when he was in jail and he really didn't get a chance to make things right with him and um and I just had this thought I was like I can't be that guy you know I, remember, I started thinking about the last time I seen my mom I was telling her to get out my face and you know and I just got this letter saying that my mom was in the hospital some serious medical conditions and so um and so I made the decision to pack up and leave you know, and I know if I if I cross this stop sign, I'm, I'm probation mandated to be there. But I know if I cross the stop sign and, you know, that's it. I'm going to have to stop the pro. I'm going to have to start the program over if I ever come back. And so um, and so I'm out in Bremen and I start to um, and I start walking and um, and it's like a country road. And and I get to a phone. And I call my mom and I talk to my mom and then I call my probation officer to tell them what I had, you know, what what I had done because I didn't want to get locked up. And so um. 
Yeah, and so I'm, I'm out here in the country, and I don't have nobody to come pick me up because I don't, you know, hurt everybody, and, you know, people are probably clapping that I'm gone, you know, and, you know, I don't have nobody to come give me no type of assistance. And so I ended up, you know, getting up enough money to get a hotel room that night, and I woke up the next morning, and I realized the seriousness of my situation. I mean, I was almost done with this program, you know, and now I'm out here stuck, you know, and so I um, – I cr- I'd done some crying, I'd done some praying, and I opened up the Bible, and I opened up the Bible, and my eyes landed on John 14.1. John 14.1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, you believe in me also. It's written in red letters in the Bible, and it's Jesus talking to the disciples. And so I I didn't think, the only thing that really stuck out to me at that time was not let your heart be troubled part. And so so I closed the Bible, and I ended up walking down this country road, and um, it was on a Wednesday night, and I ended up going to a church. And at this church, they were having a Bible study. And so I went to the, I, I was trying to get some assistance to get to my mom. And so I tried to throw my story around a, a little bit at this church. And so um, that I sat through the Bible study. And when you get to the Blake House, they got, you learn some scriptures. And their, their main like motto is 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And, uh, and so what does the pastor recite while I'm sitting in this church? He recites 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. All life has gone, a new life has begun. And, you know, and I didn't get no assistance at that church, my, you know. And, um, and I walked about another mile down the road, and there's this um, program called Helping Lazarus, where this, you know, he's a, the guy who runs it, he's like a preacher, and he takes in people, and he just tries to help them out. And I've, ne- and I've never met this man before, and, but I know what this place is. And so um, I stopped by there, and he's sitting on the porch, and, you know, and I, and I have a conversation with him. And he tells me, well, how about you spend the night here? And then tomorrow I will I'll feed you dinner tonight, and tomorrow I'll take you as far as you need to go. And so that's what happened. You know, I spent the night there. He fed me dinner, and the next day he came and picked me up, and he took me as far as I needed to go. And, next, and, then I, and, I, and next thing you know, I was, I was at the hospital with my mom. And so, um, and so as I was sitting with my mom, it just dawned on me. I was like, Mom, I didn't know how I was going to get to you. All I know is I went to church, and then I ran into a preacher man, and now here I am, you know. And, um, and so for five days, I was able to um, spend time in the hospital with my mom. And um, in the, and, and at the hospital, as long as it was okay with the patient, I could spend the night in the room. They had like the couch that folded out into a little yeah, room. yeah. And so for five days, it was me and my mom. We were bunk mates for five days, and um, we ate together. It was a time of love and care and compassion and kindness, you know. And so um, I was trying to get back to the Blake House because my probation officer told me I need to go back to the Blake House, and and so I um, and so I. And so on the fifth day, the, the Blake House told me it was time for me to come back. And so after that, I prayed with my mom, and then I left. And, then, um, and so I went back to the Blake House, and I started the program completely over. I had to start the program completely over. And then, um, and then three weeks later, my mom died. And, um, and, you know, and I was full of gratitude, you know, because now the last memories of my mom aren't of me telling her to get out my face. It's not of anger and resentment and bitterness. It's, it's of love and care and compassion and kindness. And I'm grateful for God because of that, you know. And so, um, and so I stayed at the Blake House for a while, you know. Or I finished the program at the Blake House, and I was wanting to stay as an intern, you know, because I really felt that journey to go see my mom was like I, that I needed to stay there and, and, and walk. Because now it's kind of like I've had this undeniable spiritual experience. How can I deny God after experiencing what I just experienced with my mom? After the whole relationship throughout the whole life with my mom turned out and how it ended, you know. And so... Um, and so I was going to stay as an intern, and it didn't last long, though. When you stay as an intern, you're like, you know, you're, you're trying SLT, servant leader in training. So I'm just there really pretty much just for whatever the other guys need. 
but I done spent all my life incarcerated and in programs and I want to do me. Yeah. You know? And so, um, and so I ended up leaving and I'm and I, my grandmother, and my uncle, they needed some assistance and they, they live up, they live up in the Roswell area off Holcomb bridge road. And so, um, and so I moved up here. I left my whole support system behind out where I was out. out this is about like four years ago. No, this was two years ago. Two, oh, snap. Okay. This was two years ago, a little over two years ago. And um, it was right before coronavirus happened. Okay. And so I moved in, so I moved in with my grandmother and, um, and you know, and then coronavirus happened. I was trying to find my way, you know, I was trying to go to churches, trying to find recovery meetings to go to and, and, you know, and, um, but then coronavirus happened and it shut everything down. And it's like now the only, now the only way I knew was back to wherever I was getting my, get my drugs from, you know? And so, um, and so I, I ended up relapsing and I, and I, and, uh, so for a couple months there, I relapsed after having 15 months clean inside this bubble, I relapsed and, and yeah, and things got, pre- things got crazy pretty quickly. Um, you know, cha- pretty chaotic and pretty paranoid, you know? And so, um, I was isolated though. I didn't know nobody up in the area. And, um, but I, you know, by this time I'm, you know, my, my fitness is, uh, is on the level of just, Running and um, push-ups, pull-ups, you know, I, I got a jump rope, you know, no like Olympic lifts or barbell movements or kettlebells or dumbbells or anything like that, you know, and so, um, and there was this, there was this exercise place like, you know, not even like a mile away from where I was living at, and so I, um, and so I started going to this place, it was, things started opening back up from coronavirus. And um, it wasn't strong side at the time. It was another gym, and you know, and I, and I, and so I, I started going to this place as um, as a as a as a means to just put something positive on my schedule every day, to go put myself around people who are trying to do something better and be positive, you know. And so I started going to this. I started going to this gym, and you know, and and you know, and I started, you know, you know, with the metal plate in my back, I was always kind of like weary, you know, of 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 throwing weight over my head and squatting with weight on my back or picking up heavy weight, you know. And so I, I started, you know, doing it gradually, you know, and, um, and yeah. And so, you know, thing, it, it started, it started to become like a, you know, a, a, I started coming to this place every day and, and, you know, and, and, and then I struggled with the, like, you know, get, being clean for a couple of days and then, you know, and then relapsing and, you know, I, I kind of struggle with that because, you know, it's like I would do good during the day, but then when I lay in bed at night and I'm stuck with those thoughts, you know, um, I, 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 I would, I would act on those thoughts, you know? And, and, and so it was a tough time when it came to that. And I ended up, um, I ended up getting, getting introduced to recovery meetings to Narcotics Anonymous. And, and so I, I started, I had this one meeting that I started going to a lot. That's, that, it was, that's not too far from where, um, from where I was living at. And so, but I still kept getting high. And so I had to, um, I had to remove myself from the situation I was in at my grandmother's, um, sad but true, and I had to put myself in, in a sober living. Um, you know, sober living is like, you know, pretty much just a bunch of people who are trying to live clean and live without using drugs, so it's like, you know, I had roommates, and... and it was it was like, like, a, like a group home type thing? No, it's, it's, you know, the one, the one, the one I was in is like, this guy, he, this guy who runs it, you know, he's, he was once an addict, and, and so, you know, he's a real good guy, shout out JP, and, um, you know, and so he, he has like a couple of apartments, an apartment complex, and there's like six guys to an apartment, two, you know what I'm saying, two people, two people in a room. And they're all just like, I just want to be clean. Yeah, they're, and they're, they're all just like trying to learn how to live life and be a positive, productive member of society without the use of drugs or alcohol. 
And, you know, and so I, and, and I was blessed to be able to find, and I found, and I found this place and this place was only like two miles from my grandmother and three miles from the gym that I've been going to. So I was able to, you know, remove myself from the negative situation I was in, but keep the positive things I had going in my life close by. And so, you know, and so I started, um, I started going to the, you know, to the gym all the time. And it, next thing you know, I was, um, you know, it's like, I, I, and so I started, started doing exercises that I'd never done before. You know, and, and, and I seen that it really didn't um, hurt my body. You know, I started like, you know, it's kind of like how Mitchell mentioned. I'll show up to the gym like 30 minutes early. For me, the best warm-up is go run a couple miles before the workout. A couple miles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, 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 to me, that's, you know, because every time I just try to stretch it out and then go pick something up, I might like pull something in my back. I got you. You know, so for me, the best warm-up is to just, you know, go run. And, you know, and so I would start showing up early and, 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 and going and running before the workout, you know, and then stretching it out after my run and then, and then work out and then like work on some pull-ups after the workout. You know, it's like if I could only do two exercises, that would be it, running and pull-ups. If I could, if, if I could have to choose two, that was what, that's what, that's what it would be. And so, you know, um, and so I, I, I had, had eight months clean. And, you know, and I, and I, so I tried to, you know, leave the sober living where I was at and, you know, and I, and I went back home and I quickly relapsed, you know, and, um, and that lasted for about a month and a half, you know, and I quickly put myself right back to what, in the sober living where I was at, you know, the guy, you know, I explained the situation to him. He's like, just come on back. And so I, I came on back. And so, um, you know, and so, and, and I continued showing up at the gym, you know, and by this time it's kind of like, you know, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm getting pretty good at it. It took me about a year, I guess you could say, to really start, like, moving, you know, pretty fast and getting pretty fluid with the movements, you know. And so, um, and you know, and so I started challenging myself. It's kind of like, you know, I guess my, my first challenge was, like, Murph, right? Like, actually, I started, um, I started hanging out with the guy who just passed away, Ben. Yeah. Me and Ben would actually go and do Murph training at East Roswell Park. That's awesome. You know, right? It was, it was right before his situation happened. Me and him on Sundays, we would meet up at East Roswell Park, and we'd, you know, we'd go do some Murph training, you know, and then, um, and then his situation happened, and he wasn't even able to do Murph, you know, and so, um, and so, you know, and I, and so when it came time to Murph, I was like, I want to do, I want to do Murph in 50 minutes. I was like, that's my goal, 50 minutes, you know? And so, um, so that was like the first time I challenged myself with time and, and an exercise that I've never done before, you know? And so, um, I got it in 49.59. Hey! Yeah, yeah, hey! I got, I done more for in 49.59. And so, um, and it was good this year. I, you know, Lord willing, my knees will heal up correctly. And I, I, I I'm going to try, I'm going to try to do it with a vest this year. But, um, so, you know, and so I started challenging myself in areas like, you know, I started signing up for road races because, like, you know, every time I was in prison, it was like a bucket list thing. Like, I want to run the Peachtree Road Race. For some reason, when I was in prison, I, I always think about doing road races and group fitness, you know. And, um, and, and, so, um, and so, yeah, so I signed up for, like, the Braves. Last year, I signed up, it started off with me signing up for the Braves Country 5K. I had a goal of doing it, like, in 25 minutes. I wanted to knock it out in 5K in 25 minutes. I got it, like, in 25-15 um, and then I, and then, and then I done the peach tree, never ran the peach tree before in my life. And I'm like, I want to do it in 50 minutes. And I think I got it like in 51, 50 or something like that, you know, like right there. Yeah. You know? And so, um, and so, and so, and then, and then, it, and then I, and then it, and it, and it really just progressed. It was really just kind of like, so, um, then there was like a 10 miler coming up. Cause I told somebody my, my, my peach tree time and they're like, you should run a half marathon. Shout out to Paul. 
who motivated me to go run a half marathon. Heck yeah, Paul. And um, so, yeah, he was like, you should do a half marathon. You know, he was like, with that time right there, you could do it. I was just like, uh, you know, kind of like not feeling confident about myself because, you know, I got these medical issues, you know, and, and with my foot. And even though I'm doing good now, it's kind of, so I, there was a 10-miler coming up, the PNC 10-miler. Never ran 10 miles before in my life. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And so I signed up for it, and I was, you know, started training for it, running up and down Holcomb Bridge Road because they got some pretty good hills. And, you know, and I got up to, like, running nine miles by myself. And then and so I had a goal for the 10-miler. I was like, I'm going to run it in an hour and 30 minutes. And, I'm, and, I, finally, and, I, and, I, and I ran the 10-miler, and I got it, like, a, an hour and 28 minutes. Heck, yeah. Yeah, so that was, like, the first time I, I, met, I, met, I met that goal when it came to some running, you know. And I felt good, so I was like, I'm – all right, well, I'm going to sign up for a half marathon. And so I signed up for the Thanksgiving Day half marathon. And, you know, and so it's kind of like, and, and, and it's been good, you know. Um, I just pray that it's the Lord's will for me to continue to um, to be able to, to, to meet fitness milestones, you know. And it's just, and, you know, and, I, and I'm grateful. You know, it's kind of like I, 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 I involve God in my everyday life. You know, it's kind of like I wake up and I spend time with God through worship music and I spend, you know, and, and, and my days are just so much better when I do that. You know, I'm, I'm just full of gratitude. And, 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 then, and then when I'm full of gratitude, I'm a much more pleasant person to be around. You know, it's kind of like I'm grateful that I'm able to walk and I'm able to go outside and, 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 and breathe fresh air and get some sun whenever I want to because I spent so much of my life without doing it. You know, it could be real easy for me to, um, to, to fall into self-pity and feelings of an adequacy, you know, because I feel like I'm not good enough because a lot of my life has been incarcerated, but you know, it, you know, but, it, 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 but God changes everything, you know? And so, um, and so, and then when I go to the gym that projects out to everybody else, you know, yeah. I get to the gym, I'm full of gratitude. I just got done running two miles and it's like, I'm sweating real good, you know? And so, you know, and, and, and so I have positive interactions with the people at the gym and, you know, and, and the job I have today so I got this job. Shout out City Barbecue. Love y'all. You know, and um, shout out Nicole. I know you're going to be listening to this. And, you know, and I met and, the, and I got this job at, you know, City Barbecue, catering barbecue. And you know what? It's turned out to be the longest job I've had in my life. And I got this job at the gym. And then, of course, I start working, you know, at City Barbecue. And then, uh, you know, and then I, I start going to the restaurants. And guess who I run into? I start running to people who are in recovery. So, but you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like I'm, I'm around people who know me from recovery, but I didn't get this job through recovery. I got this job through the gym, you know? So it's kind of like, I, it, so it's, it's ways like that. I could just see God's hand moving in my life. You know, it's just a matter of me just, you know, continuing to do the right thing, you know, and be positive, encouraging with my words in a world that's negative, you know? And so, I mean, so this past weekend, I, I, I celebrated for the first time, uh, yeah, for the first time while out here in the streets and in, in, in society, you know, a year clean. Woo! You know, and so, um, you know, and then, um, and I just, and then I ran that, I ran that half marathon two weeks ago. I had a goal of two hours, and I got it in, in two hours and two minutes. Nice. And um, yeah, I've kind of beat myself up about that though. That two minutes, yeah, yeah man, I could have got that. I could have got that. I could have got that. It was raining, and and I think the moisture from it helped my dry foot from the neuropathy because my foot didn't give me no problems. And it's kind of like, and I probably slick relapse on pre workout. You know, you know, some C4, you know, yeah, a yeah. couple scoops in the Gatorade bottle while I'm stretching it out, you know, and, um, yeah, definitely, you know, so yeah, but, um, so yeah, so it's, 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 you know, it's been a journey, you know, and, um, and, and, and it's all because, you know, I'm just grateful for God, you know, because, um, 
you know, Jesus is good, man. You know, it's, and while I was at the Blake house and, you know, all the, all the, all the time that I spent, you know, trying to be accepted in life and, and, and being rejected by my mother and, or feeling feelings of betrayed by, by, by my mother and my father, he rejected me. He never even tried to get to know me, you know, but at the end of the day, you got the story of Jesus, man. And, you know, and Jesus, you know, he, he, he done some miracles, man. And he had people that hung out with him every day and saw these miracles. And you know what he had, and, the, and two of these people rejected and betrayed him you know and so that's where I find the common ground with Jesus you know because I have people close in my life who rejected and betrayed me and you know and, and, it, and it brings me comfort that knowing that there's a person that, that people still talk about all day every day and you know that you know who had the same thing happen to him you know and um and, and so just having that common ground with someone someone so great as that you know it has um really just you know just opened my eyes to really just try to be a better person and, and just try to um respond to the negativity with positivity and it's a work in progress you know but um but i like the way things are going today if uh if somebody was out there like like when you talk to people that might be going through like pain they might not you know, everybody expresses pain different. They might, yeah, they might go down the drug route. They might get an addiction to food. They might, you know, like whatever, they're going to express it different, but they're still in like pain, right? Right. So when you talk about dealing with all that pain, what's some advice or maybe a perspective that you have that, you know, life is hard for everybody, dude. So it's like, how do you like cope through that? You know, um, I guess yeah, I guess I've coped through it with knowing that it's not going to like the, like the doctor told me when he was cutting those stitches out my back. The pain's only temporary. You know, it's kind of like I'm um, just life is only temporary. You know, so even on so even on, on my worst days, I could find gratitude and and knowing that that you know that it doesn't last forever. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that, that you know it, it 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 doesn't last forever, and, and there's something better after this. You know, I truly believe. And, you know, and so, um, you know, I've, I've really, you know, it's kind of hard to, like, when it comes to physical pain, it's kind of like, you know, there might be somebody at the gym who might be like, you know, and I try to encourage them to go run, and they'll be like, oh, well, I got this going on, that going on. I'm kind of like, well, you know, I got a metal plate in my back, and I got metal rods in my foot, and I got neuropathy in my left leg, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's... It's kind of like how I got knee issues right now. I have, you know, well, right now because, you know, I've been, I, I, yeah, I haven't really done no running, long running since the half marathon, you know. And so it's kind of like now I can see how somebody be like, no, nah, I might need to take it easy, you know. Um, you know, it, it, I had, I had to fail and, and, and hit my head. So, it's, so I, all right. So I'm in this, I'm in this, I'm still in this sober living, been there for a year now. And I don't know when I'm going to leave, you know, really, I really believe like it's my, it's my, it only makes sense for not all those years of, of, of bad living to be wasted for God to use me and other people's lives who are going through the same thing. Right. You know, so it's kind of like, I, I talk to these young kids about God and I, and I, and I'm always, you know, talking about God and being full of great gratitude because of God and just, just my perspective on life, because I'm grateful for my perspective on life today, you know, but at the same time, I, I, I tell these people, I, you know, it took me being 35 years old on my way to prison for the fourth time before I, before I made that cry before I, you know, before I was like, so sometimes you got to bump your head really hard yeah, time and time again, you know, um, and that, and that's, and that's just, just, that's just the truth of it, you know, um, and so, you know, so at one point in time when I started exercising, just try to look good, you know, it's kind of like ex fitness today, it, 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 it helps me with so many more aspects of my life, you know, just, you know, if I don't move, then I'll start aching, you know, so movement is my medicine, you know, I, like, wow. the, like those, those years I went in prison getting over the, um, the accident, you know, I, I'm grateful for that time, you know, because even though it sucked in the moment, you know, it, 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 it helped me today, you know, um, because I'm able to, to walk around without pain. And even when I do feel a little bit of pain, you know what, I'm pretty good at dealing with it. So I just deal with it, you know, and, um, 
and you know, and so and and without the use of pain pills, and I, and I, and I'm grateful that I, I that I'm able to do that, you know, and so, so yeah, you know, it's it's that's really when it comes to trying to help other people deal with pain, you know, it's just I guess the best way is to just share my story, you know, and then let my actions speak louder than my words, you know. I agree with you, man. This is uh, that was a really powerful story. Like, I mean, just the whole journey. Like, that's uh. I hope you're proud of that because that's, dude, I'm cheering you on for to go from one year to five years to 10 years sober and more, dude. Just, I'm proud of you. Like, that's nuts. You know, it's, 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 I mean, you know, it's, and it's, and that's, that's just the thing. I got, I have to stay humble. You got to stay humble. I have to stay humble. Yeah. You know, I can easily like you, know, what you just said really just like, you know, I tell my story and people are like, Oh, that's such a great story. The only reason why it's such a great story is because of God, you know, if it wasn't for God and, and the things I'm doing, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 uh, yeah, if it wasn't for God, it would just be like a tragic tale. Yeah, you got to stay hungry for I, you. I, I guess. And, you know, and just, um. And, you know, I, I try not to be just so selfish, you know. It's kind of like, you know, because in order to serve God, and, of course, like when you work a recovery program, it's all about helping other people, you know. And um, back to the reason why I left the Blake House, you know. And so it's, it's – but, but slowly but surely, you know, by praying over it and just, you know, asking God to remove me of the bondage of self so that, so that I may better do his will, you know. I, I, I have opportunities presenting themselves in their own ways, you know, that where I could um, be of service to other people, you know, and so on. And, you know, so today things, you know, to be honest, uh, today I'm living better than I ever have before in my life, even though I'm 40 years old and a sober living. I've never been married, you know, um, and, and, that's, that, and that's just a matter of, I guess, all, all my years of incarceration, you know, and then today it's just really just kind of like, you know, I've had some pretty um, toxic and tragic relationships, you know, and I'm not going to say that's ruined me, but I have some, some standards, yeah. you know, and so, and, and uh, but I'm still working on me and I believe that, you know, and so God's just getting me, you know, ready to, so I can continue to be the best version of me for whoever he brings in my life. I'm with you hundred percent, dude. I mean, like, you know, like, like 40, I, I, I just, I, I chuckle like on the perception of age, like the, the way I look at it is I'm like, dude, like all of our presidents, they're like 80, right? They're like 70, 75. I'm like, and that dude's running the whole country, 330 million people and in charge of nukes. And then at 35, 40, 45 years old, people think their life's over. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like you got a whole lot of life left to, to figure out what it is that you want to dominate. Right. So, yeah, you know, and as um, well, I, I don't want to think about 30 or 20 or so years, you know, from now, you know, I just have to I just have to live life just for today. Yeah. You know, and so um, and so, yeah, I, I like the way things are going. I like the direction things are headed, you know, and so um, I don't I don't no longer have a, a fear of people like I used to, you know, and that's. And that's just uh, like a matter of, like I said, just keeping myself uh, surrounded. So it's kind of like so I've never ran 13 miles by myself. Right. Uh, you know, but if I get with a group of people do, running 13 miles, even though I might not know none of these people, you know, I go and I run 13 miles. Yeah, you're bonded together through the suffering, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's exactly what's going on. You're right. And so, and so, you know, and, um, so, it, you know, all I know is I, as long as I continue to put myself around the right people, you know, who are, who are, who are being positive and try to better themselves, then it, then, it, then I have no choice but to stay positive and get better. And, 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 and then coming through group fitness and, and, and then getting myself involved in multiple different types of recovery programs, AA, NA, faith-based 12-step recovery programs, just 12 steps period recovery programs, you know. Um, you know, as long as I continue to, um, I have to continue to uh, surround myself with, with, with 
people who, you know, are, are doing, are trying to be better. And, and, and in the process, it'll make me better. That's awesome, man. Well, Hey, I know you got to get back to work. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for sharing your story. This is going to benefit like so many people. And I hope you guys are all fired up after listening to this. So, Hey, thank you, Anthony. No problem, man. Y'all have a blessed day. Boom. Let's rock and roll.